Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wriggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along. When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong. That change will happen soon you will feel something so special growing deep within you that thing that thing that thing with James that thing that thing that thing with James that's me hi Welcome to the very first episode of That Thing with James J. Asher II. That's me! This is fun. So you're either listening to this, or listening to it and watching it. Or, I guess, you could just be watching it and not listening to it. Or you could watch and not really be watching. Or hear it but not really be listening depends on your attention, whatever medium you're enjoying this podcast on, be it audio or video. I'm probably going to have up videos before I have the audio versions because uh, I don't know how to set up a, an audio podcast yet, but I know how to, how to upload a YouTube video, so... Uh, yeah, uh, video podcast it is. I'm sure I'll figure out how to, you know, just get the sound up. That's just boring shit. Let's talk about stuff. My name is James. Uh, I have a father and a mother and two siblings. Not counting my brother-in-law. My sister's husband. My brother, he's 11 years older than me, and he lives in Denver. My sister is 22 years older than me. She lives in Houston. My parents, they're a lot older than me. They live in Oklahoma. And me, well, I'm 31 years old, and I live in Austin, Texas. Let me take a drink of water real quick. I feel like I'm starting to get NPR mouth. Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is NPR mouth? NPR mouth is when someone's got a dry mouth and they won't drink water. And so then you can hear all the, the mouth noises like the the lips and the tongue smacking while they talk. Today, 
monarch, a legion of monarched butterflies, found their way to South America for the cold season. You are listening to PRI, Public Radio International. I don't like that sound. It makes me really mad. It makes me irate. Just drink some water, you know? Like, I don't... Especially if, you know, NPR's on the radio. And yet, it's... it's, You don't have any kind of, like, visual stimulus to kind of dull your hearing. It's all hearing, because it's all radio, so it's all audio. And it's all high-quality audio, high-quality microphones, right up to the person's mouth. And the mouth has been drinking coffee with a lot of creamer in it all day. No water. And you can just see, like, the the line of dry spittle gathering in the corner of their mouth. Uh, oh, God. It's not good. Stay hydrated. It's important. You're like 70% water or more. Anyway, where was I going with this? Hmm. I have no idea. This is my first episode and of, of my own podcast, and... I don't really know what to talk about. Don't stop listening, please. I'll, or watching. I'll, I'll take this somewhere. You just got to go with me here. The, the whole idea behind this show is that um, there's no theme. Like, I don't have any uh, oh, uh, segments that I can think of. I just want to hang out connect with you, and, uh, you know, we just have a good time. Life is filled up with a lot of um, needless difficulty. A lot of, we create a lot of our own problems, you know, and I think we would all be a lot better off if we learned how to just hang out, uh, learned how to hang out better, you know, just chill. I think um, a lot of the world, especially the United States, needs to learn how to chill, have chill time. You know, when you're clocked out from work, you're clocked out from work. Don't take it home with you. You know, like, I studied theater in college, and one of the first lessons I ever heard before rehearsal is when you show up to rehearsal, leave your baggage at the door. Or another one is save the drama for the stage. So what does that stuff mean? It means don't let your personal shit infringe upon your work. Likewise, I say do not let your work infringe upon your personal life necessarily. I mean, it is all part of your life. You wake up, like you have these periods of consciousness and unconsciousness. Hold on. I have to move the mouse around on, on my computer here. I'm, I'm recording video on my phone and I've got a little like Samson, like a, a one and a half inch by three inch Samson microphone. 
with the little clamp I've got clipped onto the tripod and I've got my phone sideways on the tripod with like a an adapter uh, piece to hold the phone and uh, yeah so I've got the audio going to my to my computer here and I can't figure out how to make it not go to sleep I, I went to the system preferences like twice and set the um, the uh, you know the sleep the screensaver to, to just never play you know it said start screen saving at what time one minute five minutes an hour um, 24 hours I just said never because I don't want it to shut off while I'm recording this thing because it scares me I've I like I'm recording this on GarageBand and I can see where it's like recording and all the, the sound waves of my voice and everything. And I know that if the screen goes to sleep, the program doesn't go to sleep. It keeps recording it. However, I want to not have that happen. I want to be able to keep my eye on that program to make sure that it's still picking up my voice. Um, just like I hope that my camera is still recording video. I don't even know if this thing's still recording. I'm all by myself here. This is my first time doing this setup like this. So, you know, let me check my camera and see if it's still recording. Yes. Yes, it's recording. You know what? That was a, that was a healthy bout of um, anxiety. Why the fuck am I even talking about this right now? This is a stupid subject, and I don't even care. I'm just getting nervous about made-up shit because of Outlash Online. Um, and, you know, I'm trying to manage the future, and I'm trying to, like, you know, predict the future by saying, like, oh, I better keep myself from saying this one thing because, uh, you know, someone might misread it this way, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I just got to cut that shit out. I've been like this my entire life. I'm a worrywart. My entire life I've been just... I'll obsess over, over things that are out of my control. And it's really difficult to relinquish control. Some days I'm better than I am other days. Today's not one of those days. I've had a pretty weird day today. Everything's just off. There's just some days where, you know, everyone seems to be acting like a bunch of ding-dongs. Everyone wants to, like, I got stuck behind this truck that was, like, driving in the middle of the road. Granted, it was, like, a neighborhood street, kind of a narrow one. Cars lined up along the sides. And this big truck was just, like, in the middle and going kind of slow and it clearly wasn't drunk, but I think the person might have been geriatric or something because they were just all over and I could just feel the hesitant, the hesitance of that driver just being behind them, seeing the way they behaved. Another car is trying to come around and they can't figure out how to get out of the middle of the road over to the right of the road. And, uh, you know, just a bunch of people are acting like ding-dongs today, yours truly included. I ran into yet another bit of trouble with car stuff, like uh, doing some title work, and uh, the person who 
signed my information. They gave me the, they wrote down the wrong zip code. And now I'm just dreading having to go to the goddamn DMV or whatever they call it here in Texas and just having to wait in lines forever. And then I'm thinking like, okay, I just got this thing. I got to get it registered and tagged within 30 days. Am I going to have to go back to Oklahoma where I got the car? Uh, or am I going to have to do a million trips between the DMV and home? Like, and it's only in this short span of time, it's already been like a week when I've got four weeks. And uh, I just really don't want to have to deal with it because all car stuff for me just seems to be so goddamn complicated. From day one, I've never had an easy time with cars. Shit's always breaking. Shit's always getting in wrecks. Paperwork's always like, you know, some small thing like a single digit on my zip code causes the biggest uh, clusterfuck. And I don't make it any better because I get all wrapped up and anxious about wanting to control the experience and control the outcome. I don't want to have to go back to Oklahoma. I don't want to have to go to the DMV. I don't want to have to deal with the fact that someone wrote down the wrong goddamn single number. But I do. I, I don't know. So th th there's control of um, given circumstances. And then there's want of control for given circumstances. And then there's want for control of the outcome. And these are things that one cannot control. And, you know, that's like a, that's a Buddhism thing. That's karma. That's being stuck in this loop of desire, this loop of suffering because you're always suffering because you always want something to be different in your life. And, it, and, and the thing is, like, there's so much of your life that you just cannot control at all. You control very little. Like, the 80-20 rule. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's a pretty interesting concept. Well, 80-20... It shows up a lot in, in economics and, I guess, in, like, amounts of effort. So, let's say 80-20. Of all the things that you can control in your life, let's just say, I'm not a scientist here, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just working um, from my own experience here, of the percentage the percentage of things that you can control in your life. 20% is in your control. You control 20%. But the remaining 80% is out of your control. There's so much out of your control. And the thing is, your stupid, chattering, infant, immature, needy brain wants to control that 80%. It wants to control everything because it wants to feel secure and safe and happy. And the only and, and then you think you know what's best for you. You think you know the way to achieve security, safety, and happiness. Well, the thing is, you don't know. You think you know what's good for you, but really, 
You don't know. That's the thing. Hmm. If you're just listening, anytime I go, hmm, it means I'm taking a drink of water. Uh, so yeah, control. You think you know, but you don't really know. So let's say, you know, I, I think I know what's good for me. Oftentimes I don't know what's good for me. I know certain things are good for me, like drinking water and getting sleep and stuff like that. But as far as like um, trying to get extra things out of life, like uh, get some type of quality, some type of quality out of an interaction with another person, like trying to make someone like you, that's you trying to control your experience, man. and. You can't do that, man. You know, it's, you can't control everything. Uh, so I say, you know, you control 20%, like you can wipe your ass, man. Like you can floss and you should floss. But uh, as far as, you know, if you're gonna get a million, if you're gonna win the lottery, you can't control that. I don't know why I went to that weird hippie thing. It's just came through me. Sometimes these things happen. You get a notion and you just go with it. And oftentimes just going with those notions um, leads you uh, to an experience and a lesson that is good for you. So you don't know what's good for you. You think you know what's good for you, but you don't know what's good for you. Okay, here we go. I just thought of the perfect example of what I'm talking about. So, right now, it's 2019, the year 2019. Um, if you would have told me that in 1999, I would have flipped the fuck out. You're showing me a video from the future. Well, yeah. And uh, a lot of shit happens. So, the example of what I'm talking about with wanting to control outcomes. So I mentioned earlier that I studied theater in college. And I've done a few short plays since I finished college, but I've mostly done commercial work, just camera work, um, and that's what I'm very interested in too, but, you know, films, I, I've always been a big movie buff, but that's another subject for another time. So, I went to college, I went to undergrad, I, I majored in theater, and I minored in communication studies, which is a really cool topic that I'm not going to get into right now. And then, right after that, I went to grad school. Um, at Oklahoma State University. Undergrad was at Northeastern State University in Tahlequah, Oklahoma. Tahlequah is the capital of the Cherokee Nation. Cherokee people! You know that song? No? You gotta check it out. It's awesome. Anyway, 
beautiful town Tahlequah. It is like, I always equated it to Rivendell from Lord of the Rings. Just this beautiful, lush, verdant landscape at the, be at the very beginning of the Ozarks. And it's just very pretty there, and there's, it's like really hippie. You know, it's a lot of, a lot of colorful characters there, and a lot of colorful things happen. I really like that place. I, I don't miss living there. It's pretty fucking boring. <laughs> really, like coming down to it, it's nice to remember that place, but um, when I really, even when I get real about it, it's fucking boring there because there's nothing to do. It's just sort of like, it's really pretty, great hiking and stuff, but as far as the town, the, it sucks and the bars suck. Um, and uh, there's not a lot to do because it's just a small college town in the middle of nowhere. It's a small state regional school. And also the school itself, the campus used to look like Hogwarts. When I went there, it was just all these old buildings that were made in the uh, 1800s, possibly 1830s maybe. Uh, don't, don't quote me on that, but it was in the 1800s. It was a, started out as a women's seminary. And the main building on campus is called Seminary Hall. Um, and I wonder if the word seminary has anything to do with semen. 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 Seminal. Seminary. Um, sperm nuns. Hmm? So, I went to undergrad there. And then I went on a little trip before grad school. I visited my brother in Denver for a little bit. And, uh, had a time. I, I applied for a, uh, conservatory there. I auditioned for, uh, the Denver Theater Conservatory. And the, the, the guys who were running that, these two fabulous men with scarves. I think I've got a scarf right here. Boy, if you are only listening to this, you are missing out. These, these dudes had these fabulous scarves. They were huge, gigantic scarves wrapped around their necks, draping down their backs, finding their way up their asshole cracks and there it stuck with the stick up their ass and the attitude that I tell you lass they were stuffy men yes I tell you true stuffy stuffy men and they their attitude was poo <sighs> these guys sucked they were so full of themselves it was the uh, quintessence uh, it was like they were a caricature of the snooty <laughs> thespians. <laughs> yes. Ugh, don't touch me. Uh, granted, my audition sucked. I, instead of doing the usual things I auditioned with, uh, I auditioned with some piece of shit play. I don't remember the name of it. It was about some guy with a baseball bat. We're talking about a baseball bat that he lost and it's supposed to be in the future and then there's cops and it's theater so of course he's just discovering he's gay and 
you know, what the fuck ever. It was a shitty monologue that I chose from a play that I hadn't read all the way through, and I'd never really read it before, but for some reason I felt like what I had wasn't going to count. You know, what I had was tomorrow, tomorrow, and tomorrow creeps in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time, and all of our yesterdays have lighted fools the way to dusty death. <sighs> out, out, brief candle. Life is but a walking shadow, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. It is a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. I could have done that. Not necessarily the way I just did it, but I could have done that. But instead I went with something I was unfamiliar with and hadn't prepared. And I blew a bag of dicks. Proverbially, those guys were so, and, and their scarves, just wool stuffing around their necks. You know those African tribes where they put the rings on the necks and it stretches the neck out? These guys were doing that with these wool scarves, except their necks weren't stretching out. They were just getting fatter. And uh, they, they, they said, what school did you go to? And I said... Northeastern State University, Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And these two guys, extra fabulous, both looked at each other and went, <laughs> Is that even a school? Yeah. What a fucking humiliating experience that was. I was fine with the rejection. I can deal with rejection. I started learning. I, I knew how to deal with rejection before I ever started acting. And I didn't start acting like officially outside of just doing impressions of Jim Carrey and, you know, playing out scenes from, uh, you know, other com stand up comedians or, or movies I liked or making up stories and stuff. I'd done that my entire life. I've been a performer my entire life, but I didn't start studying theater until college because the town I grew up in in Oklahoma is very small and very poor. And what little funding the school has goes directly towards football, maybe some basketball. And pretty much the only art that exists there is band, marching band, and then there's concert band, which only exists because marching band exists and because the football season isn't year-round. I was in both. I played trumpet. I started playing when I was... Mm. Uh, somewhere between 10 and 12 years old. And, uh, yeah, played trumpet in the band. Um, I ended up getting sick of band because it, w it was just eating up. I didn't have a life, you know. It, it's good to stay busy. It's good to not have... It, it's good to not have too much free time. But at the same time, it's not good to have no free time. And I felt like I had no free time. So by junior year, uh, I said, fuck this. I'm not going to be in band senior year. So I, I had to get an elective to replace it. So I went into uh, choir senior year. And, uh, I, and I also put down the trumpet when I turned 17. Like at the end of my junior year, I, I, I put down the trumpet and I picked up the guitar. The guitar. See, I've been playing guitar now for, let's see, boo, 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 boo. Um, 
14 years. Check my math. I started when I was 17. I'm 31 years old right now. And I'm bad at math. Off the top of my head. I'm really good at math if I have a calculator. <laughs> so, anyway. I picked up the guitar. And I started playing. But I didn't start acting yet because there was no theater program at my high school. And when it came time to go to college, I just figured that theater would be the thing for me. I don't know. It's just my heart led me that way. It all started when I read um, The Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice. First three books, fantastic. Um, I, I wish they would do... Um, the second two books of the trilogy, Justice, Vampire Lestat and Queen of the Damned. It's the same story split up in two books. In case you haven't read it, fan-fucking-tastic. And that would make make a really good series, honestly. I just think that, uh, you know, Interview with the Vampire was, it was a pretty entertaining movie for what it was. Um, didn't do the book justice at all, but the movie itself is pretty entertaining. And then uh, the movie Queen of the Damned was, it was pretty entertaining. And I mean, it's campy, but there's a lot of really like sexy, goth vampire sex stuff in it, and I'm into that sort of thing. And uh, a killer soundtrack, dude. The Queen of the Sound, Queen of the Damned soundtrack is awesome. But the movie did a poor job in an interview with the vampire of doing the books justice. I'd like to see a series or a movie that does the books justice because I think they're really damn good. Well, anyway, I was reading these uh, when I was in high school, the, the Vampire Chronicles books. Um, and the way Lestat described being in the theater, uh, it turned me on. Not necessarily in a sexual manner, but necessarily in a uh, I want to do that kind of manner. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life until I read a fictional character account, until uh, 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 I read a fictional, fictional account of being in a, uh, a theater, traveling theater troupe. Um, in France in the 1700s in a fiction novel. Yes, that's what I based my college career on, was Vampire Lestat, before he is made into a vampire, describing what it was like to travel from town to town, city to city, and being in the theater, and just, you know, being uh, drunk and loose around open-minded people and getting to perform, just getting to dress up and play. I'm like, hell yeah, that's what I want to do with my life? You think I want to fucking work? Are you kidding me? Get out of here! <laughs> the work I want is play. That's what, I, that's what I like to do. That's what's fun to me. And it's not like play does not have its own inherent work. If you want to be really good at it, and if you want to be really successful at it, you got to work. And it can be just as boring as any other job. 
work is work, but depending on what you're working for, what you're working toward, if anything at all, that's what counts. That's what make. That's what separates um, vocation from a job, from a gig. If it's if the work you're putting in, be it having to get a side job while you're trying to become a full-time actor, while you're trying to get cast in something and you're still not getting cast, you're still working, if you're still doing something artistic, if you're still finding some uh, some information about yourself, self-discovery, if you're still observing, if you're still taking classes, if you're still reading books, if you're still devouring and analyzing plays and films and anything you come across. These can all be aspects of work for an actor, but also um, just getting a side, having a side job, having a day job, flipping burgers, doing taxes, driving uh, Uber, Lyft, taxis, whatever, whatever you do for your day job. If it's for, if it's to supplement your acting career, then you're still succeeding on some part, as long as you're still actively trying to put yourself out there in the, you know art world in some way anyway yeah went to college studied theater because I, I, I seem I just guessed I just had a feeling that I would like it and lo and behold I did like it I had a feeling that um, I would like the people I would meet there because I wanted friends because I've friends have been uh, a touch and go kind of thing for me. What, what I mean by touch and go is that I haven't always had friends around. I've spent a lot of time alone in my life. I told you I have siblings, and I do. Um, I, my sister has a different mom, had a different mom than I. Her, her mom passed recently. May she rest in peace, sweet lady. Um, from my dad's previous marriage and then my brother has a different dad um, from my mom's previous marriage and then my parents met and had me so again my sister's 22 22 years older than me my brother is 11 years older than me and uh, so I'm definitely the baby and since my brother was out by the time I was like 6 is out of the house. <clears throat> Woo! I've been kind of like an only child since then. I mean, that's eleven years is pretty old, but twenty-two years—that's old. That's old. My parents are old. Um, so I was definitely the baby, and definitely kind of grew up like an only child. I didn't have a sibling around to, you know, roughhouse with anymore. My brother did when. We were both very young, but, I mean, that stopped soon because he got on with his own life, and uh, and I just didn't really have anyone to hang out with. Then uh, I moved around some growing up. Um, I was born in Colorado in a suburb of Denver called... Uh, I was born in Wheat Ridge Hospital, grew up in uh, Lakewood, which, if I remember correctly, is like northeast suburb of Denver, maybe. Um, and then we lived there for six years and 
my mom, dad, and I moved to Bernardsville, New Jersey, a very pretty town in central New Jersey, very pretty state. A lot of people um, who've only like passed through or haven't even been to New Jersey, they get a, oftentimes they get a skewed idea of what the state is like. They think it's all like Newark or Jersey City, and that's not the case. Those are just, that's a very small percentage. The state is like mostly woods. Um, it's called the Garden State for a reason, because it's really, really pretty there. Beautiful, lush, verdant forests, a rich history, and haunted houses. There's a lot of good ghost stories in Bernardsville. And they even say that the, um, the library there is haunted. I forget the name of the ghost, but uh, the way I remember the story was that her husband, uh, during the Revolutionary War, got hanged for some reason or another. And then, you know, he's, and, and then she took her own life and haunts the library because the library used to be this house just like in the woods, kind of. It's like a little small like hamlet in the woods and it's a historical site that the Bernardsville Public Library um, if I remember correctly Washington and his men stopped there for a bit uh, during one of the winters during the revolution and uh, the people who lived there took care of them and it was good so yeah, lived in New Jersey, and um, we lived there for four years, and then we moved to a small town in Oklahoma, very small town, 2,000 people, population, within the city limits. Um, the There's two stoplights. Yeah, downtown has two whole stoplights. Yeah, man, it's pretty cool. Pretty high tech. People did not like me there when I first moved there from New Jersey. I still had a accent. I had a slight act New Jersey accent moving there. Coffee, bull, that kind of stuff. And uh, you know, I was Catholic. I was raised Catholic. I say I was raised Catholic, I haven't been to church in forever, and I certainly haven't done confession in forever, but uh, honestly, Catholicism is like alcoholism. Once you're one, you're always one, even if you're not actively doing it. Um, anyway, yeah, I went to the Catholic church, I was short, I was thin, pale, um, and very imaginative, very imaginative and expressive kid, and that did not go over well in the small town I grew up in in Oklahoma. They would say things like, you ain't from around here, get away from us, you ain't from around here, you're crazy, I don't get you, I don't get you, I don't get you, you're crazy. I don't like you, 
you're not from here, you're not welcome here. Why don't you go back where you're from? Because we don't need your kind here. That kind of shit. From fucking fifth graders. I moved there the summer before starting fifth grade. And these kids are all like six feet tall, uh, overweight, uh, high blood pressure, um, male ball pattern baldness, um, which I'm starting to kind of get some thinness, more thinness going on as the years go by, and I'm very self-conscious of it. It's something I'm trying to work through, but anyway, back to the story. Yeah, these kids, Corn Fred, 200 pounds, six plus foot tall, and uh, they got a second mortgage um, on their home. Wife just left them. They got to pay alimony, yada, yada, yada. They're all really good at sports. They don't like reading that much, but I liked reading and I wasn't good at sports. I liked reading and drawing and making up stories and just being imaginative. And there was a few kids that were imaginative, but you know, um, there was one in particular who was a weird one. He was, he was the stinky kid. I wasn't the stinky kid. I've always been a pretty clean, cleanly person, but there was a stinky kid. He'd make shit up, but the the thing is, he was sort of like a compulsive liar. It's not like he was saying like, let's, let's, what about this? You know, he wasn't saying, what about this? He's saying this. He, he said that he made like a um, nuclear powered engine for a, a Hot Wheels car. He, he, he nuked a Hot Wheels car in the microwave and that gave it a uh, like a nuclear uh, a, a nuclear power engine and it shot off across his yard and left a burnt line um, in the grass in the yard and I'm just like dude I know your yard doesn't have grass you're the stinky kid don't lie to us <laughs> anyway yeah it, it was tough times in Oklahoma even through college dude it was tough fucking times a lot of assholes a lot of really cool people in Oklahoma, too. Um, surprisingly, a lot of surprisingly progressive people there. Like, you really wouldn't expect it. And there really is a lot of fucking um, hateful people there, too. And there's definitely a lot of um, just dysfunctionally re repressive individuals in that state as well um, due to religion, which I think is just totally unethical and I feel sorry for those people who can't have sex, I mean there's nothing wrong with it and you know just repression it, you know it turns into a even bigger issue and like I'm not saying that's where like sexual abuse and stuff comes from, but a lot of it can come from just repression. Um, people acting on suppressed urges and, and these urges just bubbling to the surface and coming out in a really nasty, unhealthy, hurtful way when it easily could have been avoided if someone 
if that person were just not like brainwashed into thinking that their natural urges, that their natural thoughts are sinful, you know, wanting to have premarital coitus. It's not that bad of a thing. As long as, you know, everyone's consenting and being responsible and having a good time. And I just want everyone to have a good time. But there's a lot of people in Oklahoma and a lot of people elsewhere who can't bring themselves to have a good time because it's sinful. And they might go to hell. They might get punished. They might get punished after they die. They don't know for sure, but they've got faith. They don't have any evidence, but they got faith. They might get punished for having some having a good time that doesn't hurt anybody. Anyway. Yeah, relationships were tough in Oklahoma, man. Friendships, tough. A lot of uh, transition. I never had like a solid group of best friends and it makes me kind of jealous of people who do have best friends. It makes me a little jealous. Um, I don't really have that one friend that's always there that I can always talk to and um, it's not like I haven't tried and it's not like I don't have friends I do have friends and I'm really happy but it's I don't have like that one best friend that I've known since I was a kid never had that so anyway spent a lot of time alone like I said virtually an only child due to my age uh, in comparison to my siblings and um, yeah friends not a whole lot of friends rough relationships man a lot of alone time but it, it gets lonely it can get lonely on a Saturday night um, you may be wondering where the fuck everybody is and why aren't they hanging out with me? I want to go out. Like, I don't really drink that much anymore, but I want to tonight. I want to go out to this new bar, this new dive up the street. And I want this person and this person and this person to come with me so we can just have a good time. The more, the merrier. But my friends are always working when I'm not working. And, and when I am working, they're always not working. Because most of my friends are in the service industry and or are just kind of fucking flaky. So, a lot of alone time, a lot of time to figure out how to entertain myself. And that's a big part of why I'm making this podcast is because I want to entertain myself. I get bored. I get bored, I just want to have fun. I just want to have a good time. And so, I'm doing this now. And I'm doing this to maybe engage with some other people and make some new friends. That would be cool. I just want to connect with you. You know? Maybe we're strangers. Maybe we're not strangers. Maybe I asked you to watch this thing or listen to it. If, if, if I did, and if you are, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Like, for real. Thanks for coming through. That's awesome. What? What? You want a hand job or something? I said thank you. 
Get off my fucking back, okay? I just wanted to ask, what do you want me to pay you now? You want me to have to pay you again? Fine, fine, don't. I mean, please do watch, but just don't. Really? You're gonna give me that finger? Really? Okay, yeah, that's good fun. Uh, where was I going with this? Keeping myself entertained. Yeah, I'm doing this to keep myself entertained. That's why I do anything, to keep myself entertained. Uh, it's, I get bored just like sitting around doing nothing. I get bored just watching TV. And I, I just like making things. I, I have a lot of stories in my head, things, sounds will come to me, dialogue, stories, images, whatever. I just like to write this stuff and get it out of my head because I enjoy it. I enjoy the arts and I enjoy it so much that I want to do it. You know, I see something, I'm like, you know what? I bet this is fun to do. And that's how podcasting started for me. About um, a little over a year ago, in November of 2017, I started listening to podcasts for the first time. Um, the first one I heard was What the Fuck with Mark Marin. And then, and then I quickly discovered, soon thereafter, Joe Rogan Experience. And then I discovered more stuff. Um, I, I, at the beginning of like early 2018, or maybe in the middle of 2018, yeah, in the summer, I discovered Tiger Belly. Oh, dude, that's my favorite. I love me some Tiger Belly. What a silly show. It's so, it just feels so good. And it's good and just silly stuff. But there's also love there. Anyway, enough sucking their dick. Now back to sucking my own dick. I wanted to make my own podcast because I saw these other people making their podcasts and I thought, ooh, that looks like fun. I could do that. And so I got some, you know, moderate gear here. And, I, uh, and I'm making my own podcast. And it took me a while. Like, I... I meant to start this like months ago, but then I kind of got sidetracked with this other thing I'm working on. I'm finishing up writing a book, you know, it's just, you know, it's going to be about like, you know, 500 pages, just like like the best novel in the world. It's called Seeking Now. Um, it's not, it, it, it's a novel, it's a fiction based on, you know, you know, semi- uh, you know, fictionalized kind of memoir kind of stuff, you know, just kind of, you know, just, you know, just keeping myself entertained, you know, masturbating and, you know, sharing it with you guys. And now I'm doing this, this podcast thing. Finally, I meant to do it months ago. I got sidetracked by the book and now I'm doing this here. And uh, it took me about a month to come up with a title for this because I didn't know what to call it. And then there was like two or three other names that I thought of for this podcast, but then I'd do a, a search for it online and find out that the title was already taken. And so then I finally settled on that thing because I thought it would be funny if you were to 
watch or hear this show and uh, talk to it, uh, talk about it to your friends or coworkers or people. You know, when you talk about a, a show or something with another person, you usually mention that show's name. So I thought that thing with James J. Asher II would be funny because that would force someone to say, hey, have you heard that thing with James J. Asher II? And they're like, nah, who's that? Oh, it's this dude. He's got this show, this thing. What thing? It's his show. What's the show called? Oh, it's that thing with James J. Asher II. Yeah, but what's it called? That thing. What thing? That thing. Yeah, I know the thing you're talking about. I, I want to know what the thing's called. It's called that thing. Uh, who's on first? <laughs> so, yeah, I settled on this. And do I really have to use my full name? Yeah. For branding purposes, I wanted to just do that thing with James Asher. But the thing is, there's another James Asher, and uh, it pisses me off that he has my name, quite frankly. I, I, I'm upset that I'm not the only one with my name. Me and my dead grandpa. I can't believe there's another James Asher. He's an Englishman, an older gentleman who makes world music. And uh, he's on the internet. He's got his brand out there. So then I was like, okay, how much is James J. Asher? Search that. That name's already out there on the internet too. It's some professor. I think maybe he studies linguistics, semantics, pasta fazul, baked ziti, mum. <laughs> Sorry, I've been watching The Sopranos, man. I, I just started last night, and it's, I love it. Um, yeah. Hold on, I gotta piss like a motherfucker. I'll be right back. And we're back. Oh, man. I've been holding that pee in for, like, a minute. <laughs> I had to go. I feel a lot better now. <clears throat> I've been so dry lately. My lips have been cracking. I've got these fucking zits and stuff. I've just been like hormonal lately. I've been moody. And it just, things are just, why can't everything, why can't shit just be simple, yo? Why can't it just be simple? Anyway, life, it's complicated. Can't control it. Need to accept it. Need to get better at accepting it. Some days I am good at accepting it. Today's not one of those days. Nah. Rough time. Thinking about having to deal with this title shit, dude. Maybe that'll be the title of this episode. The title. <laughs> Have you seen the title? That thing? The title? Oh, what? What? That title? The, the, the title? Yeah. Did you hear the title? No, what is it? Oh, it's... It's that thing. What thing? It's the first episode of that thing. What thing? The title. The title. It's the first episode of that thing. 
What? What the... <laughs> uh, we have our laughs. Um, yeah, I've been watching Sopranos. Mamma mia, that's a spicy meatball. I wonder if some people might mistake me for Italian. I don't know. People mistake me for different things sometimes. One time um, when I was in high school, um, especially like end of junior year, uh, on into senior year, and then on into college, I was like so goth. I wore eyeliner, painted my nails black, I had hair, it was a lot thicker back then, like down past my shoulders, and man, it was, I had really pretty hair. You know, I'm like self-conscious about my hair, but I've got a lot of people tell me it's not as bad as I make it out in my head. Uh, a lot of people think I've got cool hair, and I think I've got cool hair too. I'm just dealing with the fact that some of my hair's getting tired of hanging on. Um, and that's just life, that's part of aging. And I gotta deal with it, because it's not something I can control. And I don't know, I certainly don't have the money for plugs, and I don't know if I want plugs, honestly. I don't know if I want to mess with that. I don't know if I want to mess with the um, uh, finasteride, the, the pill that you take and it stops it from falling, your hair falling out or receding or anything. Uh, that started out as a uh, pill for prostate activity, but then they discovered it had reactions on the hair, so they rebranded it as something for your hair, which is fucking crazy. You hear about these drugs, these pharmaceuticals that they put out there for this one reason, and then once it's after it's on the market, and maybe it's been on the market for quite a while, they find out, oh no, it also has this other application. So they rebrand a drug uh, as another thing, like, like Chantix, that drug Chantix. I think it's uh, some type of like an antidepressant or something to do with like depression, anxiety, something like that. Um, but they also found that it um, makes a person not want to smoke cigarettes for some reason. I don't know if it makes them sick or if it just kills the uh, the craving or something. But they found the found out that it you know affected people in a way where they um, not all but you know. It seems to deter some people from smoking cigarettes, even though it started out as a possibly an antidepressant. That's fucking whack to me. It's like, you know, I'm going to take this thing to curb my cravings for cigarettes, um, and it's also going to fuck with my serotonin levels on some, some, some level. That's weird to me. And I really hate, I hate pharmaceutical commercials. I think they're unethical. I think they should be illegal. I've heard... Um, that uh, in Europe there's no commercials for pharmaceuticals because it is illegal. There's no reason a fucking, you know, a, a patient needs to hear about this shit and get it in their heads. And the thing about commercials is that um, like 99% of them are inherently manipulative. This is stuff that I learned in, in my communication studies classes. One of my favorite classes was called, aptly, um, it was called uh, Persuasion, Coercion, Advertisement, and Propaganda. That was the title of this one class um, where we discussed, like, at what point um, does persuasion um, cross over into coercion? At what point does like media 
um, become propaganda. Um, it was very illuminating class. Uh, I liked it. But yeah, fucking pharmaceutical commercials, they're manipulative because they, you know, it shows the viewer who isn't really um, privy to these theories of like how media works and how persuasion and that kind of stuff works. Um, you know, I forget the term, but it's like an emotional play or, um, like that's a really, uh, unethical, um, coercion tactic of coercion is playing toward emotions instead of playing toward facts. And a lot of politicians do that. They play on your emotions and they don't say shit about policy. They just play on your emotions. So then you'll vote for them instead of informing you and helping you um, understand a situation, understand how something works, um, instead of helping you become a uh, independent, free thinker, instead of thinking for yourself and finding out facts on your own and coming to your own conclusions instead of using someone else's conclusion, instead of relying solely on someone else's word, just like doing independent investigation. I think that's important and everyone should do that. And I think that's, that's a big important thing that's missing from um, elementary and beyond education. I think that should be a mandatory lesson in, in schools, in elementary, junior high, high schools, is how to deal with communication, learn communication studies. Because we all communicate with each other. And now with the internet, with this... Uh, massive interconnectivity, the likes of which um, humanity has never seen before. There's a lot more communication going on than ever before. And I think that necessitates um, that necessitates an understanding, the need to understand how communication works. And a lot of people don't know how communication works personal communication, so on and so forth. Anyway, yeah, doing this podcast, wanted to do it, looked like fun, and I'm having fun so far. I hope you're having fun. And the whole idea behind this podcast is that I just want it to be stream of consciousness. I just want to do whatever. If I want to play guitar, I want to play guitar. Um, I want to have guests in. Um, I'm hoping to have a good friend of mine in as a guest for my next episode. So hopefully that works out. Um, if not, it'll just be me talking to you again. Just us, hanging out, having a good time. I really do hope you're enjoying this so far. Um, I've just sort of been rambling, haven't I? Maybe I should tell you a little bit more. I'm 31 years old, I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm an actor. Clearly, I went to school for it, and I wanted to do it so bad that I pursued it for real. I was very fortunate to sign on with an agent as soon as I got here, um, because a friend of mine from grad school, dude, grad school was so tough for me. I, I had a rough time. And I'll tell you about that another time. I don't want to get into that story. It's another long, um, divergent path I don't want to take taken enough in this episode so anyway I had a friend who I was in grad school with um, 
and hopefully she will be a guest on here too. Her name's Liz, um, very talented artist. And, uh, well, she came here and she signed up with an agency, like as soon as she got here to Austin, um, after we both graduated grad school at Oklahoma State in Stillwater, Oklahoma. And, um, yeah, she moved here before I did by about maybe six months or so, got on with an agent. And then I finally settled on moving here. Um, and she put in a word for me and it was a good enough word for me to get in. And also I had the piece of paper. I, I had a master's degree. I don't know if you can see this picture up here. Let me grab this. That's me getting my master's. Yeah, 24 years old right there. Huh? Still looking good? Honestly, I think I look a little better these days. I don't drink as much. Uh, so, again, if you're only listening, <laughs> sorry, you just missed out on a picture of me getting my uh, master's degree. Well, <clears throat> after that, I kind of crashed around a little bit. I've been in school for like, what, 18 years straight. I wanted a fucking break before I committed my life to working nonstop with no winter breaks or anything. So I traveled around a bit and I was torn. I wanted, I definitely wanted to act full time and, and write and do music. I just wanted to make money as an artist. I wanted to self-generate enough work that uh, generated enough revenue for me to make a comfortable living. I don't need fancy things. I'm a frugal person, um, but I really would love money to just like travel around or to fund new projects and stuff like this. Anyway, I was torn between Austin and Chicago because I had friends from college moving to both cities or friends who already lived there. Um, I did briefly think about moving to New York or LA, but it, I didn't think I, I didn't think I would fare too well in those cities. I was a little intimidated by the idea of living in cities that large because I hadn't lived in a city as an adult yet. And, um, and also, those markets are so oversaturated with people just like me. And uh, it just seemed like bad odds to me. Bet If I were to bet, those seemed like... The coasts seemed like bad odds to me. So I figured I, I, I would like to eventually end up in a places where I can get a lot, lot more work and you know, find a lot of like-minded people and just have things to do. Just somewhere fun to live. Um, so I was like, all right, I need credit before I move to these cities because right now I've got a resume, I've got an acting resume, but it's all college productions, uh, plays. I haven't been in any film camera stuff. So I'm going to move to either, uh, Austin or Chicago. And, uh, I went to Chicago. It was probably my second or third time there in my life. And dude, I love Chicago so much. 
it is such a pretty city and it's just so fucking cool. It is like the quintessential city. I love it there. Um, and I love my friends there. But I ended up settling on Austin instead of there because, um, from my understanding, um, Austin has more film opportunities than Chicago. And that's what I'm interested in is film. And I'm also interested in not freezing my balls off. See, I already figured I was going to be, you know, a poor, starving, struggling artist. But did I want to be freezing on top of that? No, I'd rather be warm. I have like no body fat. Uh, so I, I get cold. So I fare a lot better in warmer climes, especially dry. I, l I like the desert. Yeah. I also like the beach. Like to be right near the beach, man. <sighs> yeah. So, yeah, I moved to Austin in 2012. Started acting, signed on with an agent. Got on with a different agent, then got on with another agent. Uh, I'm with an agent right now. I've been with the same guy for, I think, two years now, maybe? Almost two years. Um, and uh, this is my favorite one so far. I really like this dude. I like the agency. They've been good to me so far. And they talk. And they actually pay me, which is nice. I, I like getting money that I worked for. <laughs> Well, yeah, what to talk about now? How long, how long have I been talking to myself? Okay, holy shit, it's been like an hour and a half. Well, all I know is that's all folks. So tune in next week for another episode. And before I go, let me tell you how to find me on social media. I'm on, I've got a Facebook page. I don't really fuck with that. So don't worry about that. I've got um, a Twitter. I do fucks with that. And an Instagram. I do fucks with that as well. Um, so you can find me on these places all with the same name. At James J. Asher. That's at J-A-M-E-S-J-A-S-H-E-R, just all one word. And uh, you can also find my website with a little blog that I haven't fucked with in months at um, jamesjasher.com, if I remember correctly. I'm pretty sure it's jamesjasher.com. If you go to a website like that and it's got my face on the front page, um, you found the right website. So, anyway, I'll see you another time. Maybe I'll be in a better mood someday. I'll have different stuff to talk about. Um, well, maybe there will be less ums. Anyway, thanks for, thanks for watching. Stay classy.